The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. All right, thank you for joining us. Just ahead, a discussion about believing and stopping believing. (laughs) Is that possible? And what is the result if it is? You have tuned to Grace in Focus, and we are very glad that you're with us today. This is a question and answer episode where Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates will be entertaining a question from a listener just like you. And it's one of those that's closely knit with the free grace and faith alone message. In a few moments, I'll tell you more about the Grace Evangelical Society and our website, faithalone.org. Now here's our discussion for the day. Welcome to Grace and Focus. Ken, I believe you have another question for us from someone named R.R., is that right? Yes, we'll just call him R-square, R-R. What he's talking about is that a believer, and I'll, even though I hate to use the phrase, a true believer can stop believing. And he says, how can that be? But they stay born again. Right. He says, how is it that a person can still be saved if they no longer believe? And he gives three verses that he says shows that if you quit believing, then you're no longer eternally saved. So he believes you can lose everlasting life. Yes. Well, he says here, you have to believe until the end. All right. So he may be a person who believes you can be morally bankrupt and still be saved. He doesn't say that. But certainly if you quit believing, you're not saved anymore. And And he has three verses he wants us to explain. Yes. All right, let's go for it. And the first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Here Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. And what his point there is, you've got to hold fast with the word unless you believe in vain. So he's taking this to be, if you do not hold fast to your faith, if you give up your faith, then you're no longer saved. So the question is, what does saved mean here? Right, which he is assuming that that means saved from the lake of fire. Right, but what does it actually mean? In the book of First Corinthians, I think it can be argued that the word saved means delivered at the judgment seat of Christ. Or, like spiritually healthy in right, the judgment, at judgment seat of Christ. Because in many passages, when Jesus says to the woman who touches the hem of his garment, your faith has made you well, that's sozo. Saved, right. Your faith has saved you. But he's talking about healing. Sozo often refers to being healthy or healed. Like, for example, 1 Corinthians 5, 5. I've delivered such one over Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his spirit might be saved in the day of Christ Jesus. Which is talking about the judgment seat of Christ. Again, just like. It seems to me that's what 1 Corinthians 15, 2 is talking about. And I would say 1 Corinthians 15 is known as a resurrection chapter. Right. What is Paul teaching in 1 Corinthians 15? That because Christ rose from the dead, our bodies are going to rise from the dead. Therefore, what we do with our bodies is extremely important. Well, it also is our belief in the bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead and our own bodily resurrection from the dead is vitally important in our Christian lives. Exactly. And if you notice the last verse, verse 58, so he starts off, hold fast, and here's his conclusion of the chapter. 
Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Why is that? Because you're going to be resurrected. Right. And notice in vain also occurs in verse 2. Exactly. Unless you believed in vain. Well, how could you believe in vain? Well, according to the verses which follow, I believe it's 15, 17, and 15, 19. If Christ has not risen from the dead, then you've believed in vain. So if there's no resurrection, then belief in Christ is vain. It's worthless. So what Paul is saying is, You are currently standing strong in the faith because of your faith in Christ that is grounded and centered on his death and resurrection. As long as you hold fast to that truth, you continue to stand firm. But if you ever stop believing in the death and resurrection of Jesus, then you're no longer spiritually healthy. Okay. Nothing about whether you're born again or not. Right. This chapter is not dealing with that. It's as he not says an at evangelistic the end, It's your chapter. work. Your work for him is not in vain. And if you're steadfast in that work. Right. Well, of course, what we believe is central to us being steadfast in our work. Right. And what's the second passage he's concerned about? The second passage is Colossians chapter 1. Oh, let me guess. 21 to 23. Uh, 22 and 23. Colossians chapter 1. Well, I really think we ought to start in 21, like you said. And you who once were alienated, so he's talking about believers, you once were alienated. Once were not believers. (laughs) Yeah, they once were not. They were once alienated and enemies, but now they're believers. In your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. The question is, what does it mean to be presented as holy, blameless, and above reproach? Notice the purpose of God having reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death is so that he might present you these three ways. Holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. So what is that referring? Where is this presentation going to take place, and when is it going to take place? Because it hasn't already taken place. Right. He says, you've already been reconciled so that he might present you at some point in the future. So when is this? I think R.R. would say this refers to the great white throne judgment. But it's the judgment seat of Christ. Right. And the presentation of the judgment seat of Christ isn't saying okay, this proves you're a born-again person, or this proves you're going to get into the kingdom. No, this would say that the person is an overcomer. This would say the person is going to rule and reign with Christ. And I do know that blameless and above reproach are used to describe elders. The requirements. Requirements. So this is not talking about perfection, obviously. If you had to be perfect, then no one could be an elder No one would meet these requirements. Oh, by the way, the book of Colossians is very famous for the Colossian heresy. Mysticism, Jewish legalism, there's all kinds of stuff that seems to be involved. There's probably some pre-Gnostic kind of things in there. Whatever this heresy was, if you get duped by this 
and you don't stand firm, if you're led away, and obviously he's talking about believers, you've been reconciled. But if you go start following some of this legalistic Jewish mysticism. Do not handle, do, do not, not touch, touch, do not taste, forbidding marriage. Right. And if you keep this Jewish festival and, and you do all these other things, then you're not going to be holy and blameless and above reproach at the judgment seat of Christ. Right. So RR, I would say it's very clear that perseverance in faith and good works is required to hear the Lord's well done, good and faithful servant at the judgment seat of Christ. And that's what Colossians 1, 21 to 23 is talking about. That's also what 1 Corinthians 15, 2 is talking about. There's no question that something could be lost if you fail to persevere. But what's lost is not everlasting life because it wouldn't be everlasting life if you could lose it. What's lost is the opportunity to rule and reign with Christ forever. And what's lost is hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. The well done and good and faithful servant is a summary of being presented before him, having lived a holy, blameless and above reproach life. Right. Very good. And there's a third question. And in the, the third passage. one. Yes. Hebrews chapter three, verse six. The author of Hebrews says, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. And then in uh, verse 14, for we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Yeah, and that word partakers is the word medicoy. Medicoy, which partners. means partners, a close associate. So we have become that now if we hold fast or hold on. So in a sense, we will become it, we might say, if we hold on. But we are it now as long as we're continuing to hold on. And if we go our whole life as persevering in faith and good works, then one day we'll be Christ partners in the life to come. So again, R.R., I would say that verse 6 is talking about being his house in terms of the worshiping community, something like that. Yes, what's happening in the book of Hebrews, as you see in chapter 10, is that some of these believers were withdrawing from the worshiping community. Do not forsake the gathering yourselves, as is a custom of some. Some are no longer meeting with believers. We are the house of God. We, as a worshiping community, are a part of his house, but we can voluntarily withdraw ourselves from that, which is what they were doing. Right. And right. if they do that, then they would not be one of the Medicoy. They wouldn't be one of Christ's partners. And if they continued that way, they would not rule and reign with Christ forever. And that is the hope of Hebrews. And by the way, let me say, Ken... R.R. is correct that something can be lost and Something's something conditional. is conditional on perseverance, right? Absolutely. And there's really two major choices. Number one, your eternal destiny. You could lose your salvation. Or you can, you know, a lot of commentators wouldn't put it the way R.R. is putting it. They would say it's like I mentioned about James in the previous podcast. It's an eschatological salvation you can't get yet. So you don't even have it yet. So you have to win it. Right. If you don't persevere, you don't win it. And so it's not like you lost it, you never had it. But regardless of what it is, there's really two options. Either your eternal destiny hinges on you persevering to the end in faith and good works, or your eternal rewards do. Now, RR seems to find it comforting. I'm going to go to hell if I don't persevere. 
I find it comforting to realize that what the scripture says is that whoever believes in him will never perish but has everlasting life. I'm comforted that I'm eternally secure. And I am motivated wanting to hear the Lord's well done and wanting to be his partner in the life to come. Somehow thinking that God is hanging me over hell and doesn't want me to know if I'm his or not, that's not too comforting. Right, and in chapters 12 and 11, he talks about the great reward. So that's our hope, and we need to hold fast. Right. So thank you, RR, for your question. Thank you, Ken, and thanks all of you for your participation. Keep grace and focus. Thank you both for that great discussion. Would you be interested in some free ebooks on topics you hear on this program? Well, if you are, you need to come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On the site, we've got all kinds of free materials, but one of our popular options is our free ebooks on a range of subjects. They're designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of the faith and scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. Would you like to have a chat with Dr. Bob or one of the guests here on the program? Let me tell you how to reach out to the team. You can get us on our email address, which is radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. Next time on Grace in Focus, we look at James chapter 3, the passage that has an important warning for the teacher of God's Word. Please join us then. This is the Grace Evangelical Society reminding you to always keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.